A few weeks ago, we mentioned how the likes of Spotify and Apple Music are killing radio. No longer you have to wait for your favorite song to come on, but at the click of a button or a tap of a screen, you can have any song you want. But what about radio talk shows? Podcasts have revolutionized the way we consume content. Not only they are on demand, but don't demand your full attention. What better way to cook, drive, go for a walk, or simply chill on the couch while listening to your favorite podcast host? It seems everyone is starting a podcast these days, including us. So today's episode is not only about where we get our inspiration, but also what our favorite podcasts are. But first, what are you drinking, Des? Hi, hello, Marco. How are you doing? So for this podcast-themed episode, I am drinking an Irish beer, and it's not a Guinness, so that is something. This is a relatively new brewing company called The White Hag. And it comes from, I'm probably going to kill the pronunciation here, County Sligo? Sligo. Sligo? County Sligo. And this is called the Phantom Hazy IPA. So it's an IPA, a hazy IPA. It conceals heaps of flavor and texture, which is unexpected for a beer of this gravity. Wow. And you were going just off of memory. Most of it was off of memory, but then I didn't know how to describe this hazy IPA. So I had a quick look at the back of the can, but I will speak more about it later on. How about yourself? Well, we're recording shortly after the 4th of July. So what better way to celebrate the American independence than with the king? The king of beers, that is. I'm having a Budweiser. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. All right, cheers. Ah, freedom. So before we get started, let's do the news. And in the news this week, Ghost of Tsushima, a PS4 or PS5 video game released not long ago, has announced that they will release on August 20th the Director's Cut, which is basically the game with some optimization for the PS5, as well as a whole new level. Apparently there's an extra island to visit. I'm mildly excited about this it's a game that's been on my list for a while now for almost a year since it came out i guess now is the perfect time to pick it up once the director's cut comes out it reviewed awesome the way i see it the only thing it had going against it was the fact that it was released shortly after the last of us 2 you say that but it has a huge following it's been very successful i'll be honest with you i was semi interested in well First of all, you need a PlayStation to play it, and I don't have one. Reviewed excellently. It looks fabulous. I don't think I'll ever get around to playing it because a PS5 is unfindable, and I don't think it's time to invest in a PS4. Nope. But one thing I do like about it, apparently there's a strong fox theme in the game, and you can see lots of foxes in the game, as well as, I I think, a bird. Every now and then you need to follow some sort of bird. This is just going purely on um, YouTube videos and whatever. But there is a website called, I I can't remember it, I'm going to have to look for it, but something like Can You Pet the Dog or whatever. And it collects all the games where you can actually pet the animals and what animals you can pet. Oh yeah, it's like a database. Yeah, Yeah, and this passed the test, you can pet the foxes. Oh wow. Another reason to look forward to it. Moving on, a couple of episodes ago we talked about Jeff Bezos going to space, and that you can go with him if you can fork $28 million. But having said that, doesn't 
100k to go visit the relic of the Titanic seemed like a bargain. Relatively, I suppose. Money I still don't have. <laughs> yeah. A new company called Ocean Gate Expedition is now organizing, you guessed it, an ocean expedition to the remains of the Titanic. Their goal is to go regularly to check the status of the decay of the shipwreck because the ship itself is being eaten by bacteria. And so what we see today is not what we're going to have in the future. And for example, there have been pictures taken in the early 2000s of the captain's quarters where you could see the captain's bathtub and that's no longer there that whole room has already collapsed so it's a pity but that's how it is so the this is an expedition that's basically aimed towards checking the status of the decay of the titanic by selling tickets and i think two or three people get to go for a hundred grand so if you have a spare 100k and you want to give it to me i'll gladly accept it i remember you visited Belfast and you went to the museum and the ticket entry to the museum, I think you said, has the name of a passenger. And when you get to the end, you can check if you made it out or not. Yeah, that's right. So if you're ever in Belfast, do go visit the Titanic exhibition. It is amazing. Uh, Not only they tell you the story about the ship itself, but there's also artifacts that were fished from the sea or i don't know what the, or recovered from the sea <laughs> recovered yeah recovered and it's really really well done so if you're ever there i highly recommend it fished from the sea well, like with a fishing rod <laughs> i don't know that <laughs> yeah have you ever played ridiculous fishing on the phone yes <laughs> that's how i imagine they do these things right just put a really big rod that's how you find the titanic yeah, you need to like buy the upgrades and then go fishing and then you fish a shoe or you fish a window from the, the captain's quarters. Even... Look, yeah, the bathtub is here. Yeah. Um, but that also raises a, a few interesting questions because not only it's a shipwreck, but it's also a graveyard for many people. So where does I, I don't think there's any laws stating what you can and cannot take. And so it's been sort of the object of a lot of debate. It's a difficult one that when does something like this become of historical importance versus respect to the victims. And I know there's a lot more distance between this, but this was also raised, for example, with the bodies in Pompeii because we feel disconnected from them because it's from ancient Rome. But these were people and skeletons and the the body cast that they have, they were real people. But, you know, how much time passes before it becomes acceptable? Interesting thought for another day. Also, this is way beyond our intellectual league. Yes. <laughs> Moving on, OnePlus has announced that they're going to be further integrating with their sister company, Oppo, in terms of hardware and software. Yeah, this is something which I hold quite close to my heart for several reasons. I owned the very first OnePlus phone back when it was invite only. And even at the time... There were suspicions that OnePlus was going to be a subsidiary of Oppo. Oppo at the time was a huge player in the Chinese market with pretty much zero presence outside of China. But the CEO who's now left OnePlus, Carl Pei, he had said that OnePlus is completely independent. It's a startup and they're only renting the production line facilities of Oppo. 
even though if you look back at all the major releases of OnePlus, they're almost identical to the flagship release of Oppo. Yes, they share a lot of the hardware. So some of the components like the displays were identical. In terms of design, I think they were slightly different, but everything under the skin was pretty similar. Also, it's worth mentioning that the founders of OnePlus, so... Carl Pei. Yeah. And the current CEO, Pete Lau, they're former Oppo employees. Yeah. Who left and have then founded their own company, which is still under the umbrella of the BKK Electronics company that also owns Oppo. And they started the company. It's kind of sad to see the sort of trajectory that that OnePlus had. Because they started as a flagship killer. That was their thing. Flagship killer in the sense that they offer the same specs for half the price or for a fraction of their price. But then every generation got better and better, but also got more and more expensive. I think the first one was around $400 in a world where like a high-end iPhone would be seven, 800 maybe. Yeah. And then every generation kept getting more and more expensive. And then we get to where we are today with the latest OnePlus, which is a great phone, but it's also in line with what you would pay for from Apple or Samsung. The excuses have always been that as they gained more of a presence in Western markets like Europe and the US, the additional costs i.e. the cost of servicing the phones, the cost of hosting customer services in these various markets was more expensive and it ate into their profit margins. So subsequently, they've had to up the price, which essentially makes them the same as every other manufacturer. Yeah, exactly. They kind of lost their flagship killer status, which is understandable because it's not a sustainable business. You can't keep selling high-end specs for half of what other brands charge you, but it's also sad to see. It is sad to see. And I wonder how much of this was a premeditated move to gain entry into the Western markets with a friendly face. Whether it's right or wrong, I think there's a bit of skepticism with regards to Chinese tech companies, especially in Europe and North America. And one of the things which is concerning about this news or raised a few eyebrows is that they're now going to be merging the operating systems of the two phones. And when people think of Chinese operating system, they start thinking, oh, is it going to spy me? Is it going to send information to the Chinese Communist Party? And I don't think so. I don't know. But the promised benefits is that as part of a bigger ecosystem, it's going to have more timely updates, more software support. And these are promises which have been made that from OnePlus 8 onwards, so the last generation of phones onwards, They're going to be supporting the phones for a much longer time with a minimum of six monthly updates or something like that. So in theory, they're selling this as, yes, it's going to become a subsidiary of the Oppo brand, but it's going to be getting all the benefits of being part of the Oppo family. So yeah, ultimately it should benefit the consumer. Lastly, we mentioned a few episodes ago that Nintendo had an animated movie in the works featuring its well-known and well-beloved characters of Mario, Luigi, Peach, and so on. An interesting piece of news came with that. So Chris Melendandri, who is the CEO of Illumination, so it's a animation studios that, and they're the makers of Despicable Me, he has joined the Nintendo Board of Directors. Oh, that is interesting. So I think this makes first non-Japanese to, to do so. 
But in an announcement, Nintendo said that he will bring a lot of experience in terms of creating content. This is key because Nintendo usually defines what they do as making video games, but now it's creating content. So it's clearly aimed at the upcoming animated movie or movie. I think this is definitely one to watch. This has huge potential. And just like the minions are essentially everywhere maybe we'll see more of mario everywhere which might be nice in the short term but could stretch finn pretty quick yeah absolutely but let's see let's see what happens curious to see that okay and let's move on to the juiciest part of this episode marco we've mentioned that we are a podcast we are the best podcast i'm sure our listeners will agree we stand on the shoulder of giants who inspired us to reach (laughs) such heights (laughs) yeah this whole thing started from a text that you sent me back on whatsapp so imagine out of the blue uh, you sent me a text saying marco have you ever listened to power pizza and that's where it all clicked so no 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 i sent you the text and you ignored me for like months (laughs) did i like you didn't ignore me but then i was like have you listened to it and you were no or I'm getting round to it, or not yet. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. Until one day you did. And one day I did have the time. And that was when it clicked. (laughs) So, how would you describe it? Power Pizza is an Italian podcast, so if you're not Italian, that... So it wins our trophy of best podcast not in English, because it's also the only podcast I don't listen to, which is not in English. Yeah, same. But it's, I, I would say, it's the main inspiration for us i agree it's still my favorite podcast yeah i listen to it all the time as well so it's these three friends three university friends yeah so one of them is a cook i believe one's a photographer and one is a comic book writer yeah he's probably the most famous a guy called seal who he also does comics in english and his comics are very funny very simple and they play on the sort of play of words and just random nature of things it's very surreal comics but they're funny. Yeah, but the three of them, so they're friends since college. There's obviously great chemistry between the three. And they talk about more or less what we talk about, as in TV series, movies, and video games. I'd say we're more, we'll talk a bit more about tech and news, but they're strictly focused on forms of ent- entertainment, I would say. The only thing I think they speak a lot about that we're not really into is manga. Yeah, comic books in general. Yeah, and Japanese comic books in particular, like asian comics as opposed to western comics yeah because we don't know how to read japanese yeah and the the comic book guy seo he lived in japan as well so he speaks japanese yeah i think a couple of them did but never mind and it's really funny there's really great chemistry between the three of them it also pretty absurd they're all friends so they make fun of each other the whole time and that's what got us into this actually like the fact that we wanted to do something something similar because we spend the time talking about the stuff that we talk about anyway. So it was just a matter of recording it and putting it out there and see seeing if it worked. So if you speak Italian, definitely check out Power Pizza. Once we decided we were going to do this, though, I don't know about you, Marco, but I started listening to more podcasts in general because I found myself thinking, this is great. I can listen to a show like a radio show, essentially, at my leisure, whenever I want. And as most of the podcast audience will know, there is a wealth, a sea, a ton of podcasts out there to suit any sort of taste. So we're just going to quickly go through 
some of the ones that we think are noteworthy and which kind of describe our interests the best. Why don't you start, Marco? All right. You love, or we love scrubs, right? I mean, who doesn't? Recently, I think last year, so in the middle of the pandemic or in the middle of the year, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, so JD and Turk from Scrubs, decided to start a podcast where every episode is one episode of Scrubs. And they sort of tell the story behind that particular episode. So you're supposed to listen to it while you're watching the episode. I mean, it still works without, but you're supposed to do that. And they tell these like amazing stories and every episode they, they'll have a guest. So uh, Sarah Chalk joined, who was Elliot, Elliot, the creator. Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence joined. The, the janitor who doesn't have a name, he joined as well. <laughs> and it's really funny because they're super best friends. There is amazing chemistry between the two. They're really funny as well. They have slightly different senses of humor you know zach braff will be a bit more quirky you can tell that not only it was a great show but they also had a blast doing it yeah they tell the story about like how it all started and how zach braff was basically broke he was working as a waiter when he got the call or he auditioned and then when he got the call he just quit from his restaurant job and went to record uh, Donald Faison was kind of known, but not really. He had been in Clueless. The movie and the TV series. Yeah. And I remember hearing that when the show started in Hollywood, where a million shows start, but very few of them go on to make something, and then even fewer get renewed. Anyway, Donald Faison apparently was slightly big-headed, and he was kind of like, I'm the celebrity, and Zach Braff was kind of told to stay in his place. Okay. Or pipe down. Like nothing rude, just, you know, Donald had kind of made it already, whereas Zach still hadn't. Yeah. But those dynamics have sort of changed over the years. Yeah, and they became super best friends. The thing I like the most about it is just the, the story. Like, you can tell they just had a great time. My one comment, it's not a, a, a reservation or anything like that. Scrubs, the episodes are quite short. Like, they're usually under half an hour. However, the Fake Doctor's Real Friends podcast, the episodes are significantly longer than the episodes because they stop it and they tell you little anecdotes about it and they'll remember things and tell stories about it. So an episode of Scrubs is under half an hour, but when you watch it with Fake Doctor's Real Friends, be prepared to spend over an hour on an episode. Yeah, because they have a lot of stories to tell apparently. But what about you? What's one podcast that you like? I don't know how you listen to podcasts, but I usually listen to them not so much for the educational value. I usually listen to them when I'm walking um, or working out. And so I like to sort of learn things whilst I'm doing this stuff. But I don't like educational podcasts per se or yeah. self-help podcasts. I just like things which teach me something as opposed to just gibberish. With the exception of Power Pizza, which is gibberish. Speaking of, sorry, can I interrupt you just one second? There's, it's funny you mentioned gibberish because there's this one podcast that I found that's called Sleep With Me. That's, <laughs> no, it's nothing like you imagine. It's basically to help you sleep and it's gibberish. Like it's just a soft voice saying real words, but all out of order. Like sentences (laughs) don't make any sense. And it's designed to make you not follow what the voice is saying, but there's a voice. So it's essentially someone talking you to sleep. It's like white noise, but with vocabulary. But with voices. And if you pay attention to it, you realize that it doesn't make any sense, but it's just a person talking it's brilliant i <laughs> i always put a video or a documentary in the background when i'm sleeping 
which is, I realize it's not the best thing to do, but something like that is actually really good. That's really interesting. Never mind. Go go back. You you don't like gibberish. Go on. Okay. So I'm going to give two of my favorite podcasts, which are very similar in theme. The first one is called You're Dead to Me, and it's hosted by a guy called Greg Jenner, who is a writer or has worked on a show called Horrible Histories. So he is a historian by trade slash comedian. And Horrible Histories is a famous TV show in Britain, which is focused for kids, but it shows various historical periods like the Romans and the Tudors uh, and the ancient Greeks or whatever. And it will tell you things which we would consider horrible by today's standard, uh, which were commonplace in those times. And like facts about, you know, the ancient Romans, like how they used to share their sponges in the in the toilet and horrible things like that and make them funny. Anyway, so he created this podcast where he focuses on historical characters or periods, revealing funny anecdotes together with a specialist historian and a comedian. And they're really fun to listen to because you learn so much about whatever the topic is, but it's funny. And the other one is a very similar topic, and it's called No Such Thing as a Fish. And this apparently is a fact. There is no such thing as a fish. If you look at the biological nomenclature, fish don't exist. What? They've got other criteria, like a dolphin is a mammal sort of thing, but fish don't actually exist as a species. Okay, I'm confused now. I know. So it's written by a host of people who are the researchers behind another famous TV show called QI, which is on the BBC. Right. And QI is another funny program with panels of comedians where they almost try to trap you into making wrong assumptions about things. And the idea is it stands for quite interesting and you learn random facts about things or things that people think are fact, but then realize that they're completely wrong. And the researchers for this show, they get together once a week and they'll speak about things that they've learned, which are really random, whilst doing research for this show. Okay, that sounds fun. It's really fun because, again, it's all factual, but it's just really funny. And, like, one of their favorite topics is random ways people die. And you'll find out, like, I don't know, something like 35 people died whilst farting sort of thing. It really (laughs) makes you think, but it's, like, strange and real. Okay, that sounds interesting. I'll actually check that one out. And what do you listen to, then? One that I really, really like, and I recommend you don't listen to this at work or on public transport or anywhere where people can see you because you're going to laugh your ass off is my dad wrote a porno. Do you know it? I listened to one episode and this was quite into their series. And because I hadn't listened to the beginning, I was a little bit lost, but I heard it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So it's these three friends and I think they're radio hosts or they're in show business in some way. So one of them His dad, unsurprisingly, wrote and self-published on Amazon an erotic novel. And the son finds it and decides to invite two friends to read it and record (laughs) it as a podcast. And the the erotic novel itself is awful. It's absolute garbage. But it's hilarious. (laughs) These three friends, they just read it and they stop every sentence or two. Just to comment on what's going on. So they'll read, let's say, a chapter uh, every episode and just go over the story and how it evolves. And the thing is, then the first season of it, which covered the first and only book at the time, started. F- they started fueling each other in a way. So that prompted the dad to write more novels. 
<laughs> for the sun to then read them and make fun of them. Oh, God. So now there's multiple seasons. I think they're on season four or five, which means there's four or five books. Oh, man. I don't know. That's a little bit on the cringe. Like I'm not sure I'd want to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the premise is super cringy and makes you super uncomfortable. Because imagine if that was your dad and you found it. That I would not want to know. But then they they take it very well in the sense that they just read it and laugh about it. And it is hilarious because there's, again, super great chemistry between the three of them. And they all sort of make fun of each other. And they make fun of the book and they make fun of the dad. Oh, man. Okay, I might give that a listen then. I feel like the first season is going to be the best one. I don't know. I listened to the first couple and they were hilarious. People looking at me on the metro. Whilst you're laughing. Whilst I was laughing because of that. <laughs> it's You cannot keep a straight face on it. Okay, I'll give it a go. Yeah, trust me. One thing that we've touched upon is that some of these episodes can be quite long, and I appreciate not everybody has the time. So I'd like to make a very brief mention to a podcast which I learned about by listening to Power Pizza, and it's called Robot or Not, and it's hosted by two tech journalists, John Syracuse and Jason Snell, who apparently came up with this idea after having a conversation about what defines a robot. Because we're used to lots of things being called a robot in everyday sort of life, but they're not technically robots. And the definition of a robot is quite strict. So we're, we're talking about genuine robots, i.e. with the ability to make decisions and live independently and no biological components. And they go through a whole heap of pop culture and real entities. And they just discuss, is this a robot or not? And they're very short. Like the average length of an episode is three minutes. If it's a little bit more complicated and needs a little bit of explanation or backstory, the longest episode I've seen is nine minutes. But on average, we're talking about between under five minutes, definitely. Yeah. So I like to listen to them in between podcasts or in between short walks or whatever, because I know I can listen to the whole episode uninterrupted. Like, it's five minutes. Some of the episodes here are Darth Vader, Self-Driving Cars, Roomba, Kit, the USS Enterprise, Transformers, the Terminator. So I guess they just discuss whether the Terminator is a robot or not. See, because he's got biological tissue, but they explain in the Terminator that the biological tissue is needed to go back in time because metal can't go back. So we had to cover him in biological tissue. Oh, that was the story they came up with? Yeah, that's why he has no guns and stuff. It was because they couldn't bring the metal. So they covered the Terminators in biological tissue to A, mimic humans, and B, go back in time. Ah, uh, I didn't know. Wow. Which makes you wonder why they did not bring back a weapon covered in tissue anyway. <laughs> like a gun shaped like a foot. <laughs> exactly. But, you see, this is exactly the sort of conversation that comes up. It makes you question... But if Arnie was following orders from a master computer, is he a genuine robot or is he just an automaton? Oh, an automaton is a different thing. Automaton is a mechanical thing which has got no thought. It just follows movements and orders. Ah, okay. So it gets very strict. But then they're like, yeah, but he has a moment of self-reflection and he, and he can think and he can adapt. As I said, sometimes the episodes are really short. They're like, Darth Vader, not a robot, end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Do they have an episode about Robocop? 
Yes, they do. Uh, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I have one more recommendation, then we can talk about what sort of drove us and what challenges we saw when we started this little uh, project. One that I really like, and I guess it's a little bit more on the nerdy side, it's called 99% Invisible uh, by a guy called Roman Mars. Each episode is pretty long, so it's more than half an hour, and they cover one topic per episode, so they cover it in detail. And it's mostly about, let's say, design and architecture and things like that. Um, the 99% Invisible, the title, it gives you a hint into what the podcast itself is about, uh, which is about things that you see every day, but not don't really notice. Yeah. So there could be things in your city or why is a streetlight designed the way it is and why are pedestrian crossings designed the way they are and things like that. An example of uh, an episode that I really liked was a retrospective into how the radioactive symbol was born and the challenges that it faced as in it had to convey danger to all cultures in all languages and in a very clear way so that even if you don't know what that symbol is you stay away from it and it's actually pretty interesting because there's a lot of interesting episodes uh, about things like that i always find those really interesting because we take these symbols for granted but they're super difficult to come up with yeah and there's teams of people that it's very interesting to to learn these things i really like it you might like it i i think you might We've gone through a few of our favorite podcasts and we obviously make our own and our experience wasn't without its challenges, wasn't without its hurdles. If you listen to our very early episodes, I think you'll agree that they're pretty terrible compared to our later episodes. I think it's a good time for us to really kind of explain our experience and how we come out with our episodes every week. Yeah, and also reflect and look back at how we started and why we started. The why is pretty simple. We were listening to a podcast that's actually very similar to ours uh, right now that gave us the inspiration. But then we realized that since we've been friends since school, so we talk pretty often about various topics like tech, like TV series, like video games and so on. And we just thought it would be fun to start recording it and see what came out of it. The atmosphere that we want to recreate is Des and I sitting in a pub, having a beer, talking about stuff. And that's also where the beer comes in to help create that atmosphere. Lubricate our chain of thought. <laughs> nice. Last but not least, it was in the middle of a lockdown. We had nowhere to go, nothing to do. We were both consuming a lot of content. It felt like the right thing to do. But it came with a lot of work. We discovered after. How would you describe our workflow? Leading up to the recording, there is, I would say, around a week of research. And by research is, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch a movie. Please note we said research, not fact-checking, because we don't do that. We don't do that, yeah. That saves a ton of time. <laughs> <laughs> It actually does. That is my biggest lesson, that quality assurance is so time-consuming. I did not have any idea. But yeah, Marco is right. It takes a lot of time to... Actually, the idea, maybe because we know each other well, but the idea creation, generating ideas, I think we find it relatively easy 
in a sense that you put something you want to talk about and we just talk about it. There's weeks where we get to recording day and I still don't know what to talk about. And one way or another, we find something. In that aspect, I'm very surprised because we manage to find content every week. Then what we'll do is we, we will write a very basic script. Mostly it's bullet points about what we want to talk about. Yeah, it's more of a cue card. Cue card, yes. Yeah, it's not exactly a, a script. It's not more. a script. It's just a general flow with bullet points of what we want to talk about. Yeah, because also we want to hit the right balance between scripted and unscripted. As in, if everything is scripted, then one, it takes us ages to write the script itself. And it's time that we don't have. And two, I think you lose also the authenticity and you lose these jokes that we have every once in a while. Off the cuff remarks. And especially you lose my my rants about the flavor of chips that I've had that week. I still haven't tried the chicken teriyaki though. We're waiting with abated breath. <laughs> Apart from the time that it takes us to, to make it one of the challenges that I really noticed and you edit most of the shows, uh, Des, so you've noticed it even more, is speaking. It is so difficult. Speaking is easy. Speaking well is very difficult. Yeah, we speak like idiots, especially me. The few times that I've had to edit myself, one, you end up hating your voice. Yeah. And two, you hate all the filler words that we use, especially me again. So words like, you know, or like, or... Um, or, you know, I'm terrible for that. When I listen to myself, I realize I say like a lot and they're almost like reactions, almost like ticks. I think we say them all the time without realizing. Yeah. And I genuinely believe that when you're talking to someone, those words get filtered out. But when you're listening to a recording, they stand out so much. Yeah, because you go back and keep listening to it. What was it that you said that every minute of recording takes you... Five minutes of editing or three or four? Yeah, exactly. So if we have an episode which is an hour long, we, we don't make an hour long episode. But if it's like 30 minutes, it takes me five times longer to edit it. If you have to re-listen to everything two or three or four times, you will listen to all the filler words. And another thing that I noticed about myself speaking that I'm now conscious about and try to work on is the upward inflection. What do you mean? The upward inflection is when the tone of your voice goes up at the end of a sentence so that it kind of sounds like a question, like that. And it is so annoying, but that's how we speak now. I think a lot of it is also cultural because in Italian specifically, the inflection is how we create questions. As opposed to every other language that you don't? No, in, in, it, in English, there is actually the format for a question. What is your name? Uh, or if you want to say, what is its name? In Italian, it's, it's, depending on how you say it, it's either a statement or a question. Okay. And it changes by the inflection. Anyway. But we don't speak in questions. That's the thing. Do we not? We should do an episode where we only speak in questions and see how long we can last. Maybe we should. That's not a question. <laughs> Perhaps. Oh my God. I'm going to win that episode. Yeah. So it got us way more self-conscious about the way we speak. We tried to do something about it. I don't know if it's going well or if it's not, but I think it's improving. And one thing that I noticed is when you speak more like a civilized person and less like an animal, it also helps at work. 
my presentations have gotten way better, I think. There you go. And then a huge challenge has been consistency because we've decided that we want an episode per week and that episode goes out no matter what. So both of us have jobs. This is just a hobby for us. We're pretty busy. When we started back in lockdown, it was a lot easier. We found ourselves with a lot more free time. But now bars are open, restaurants are open. It's the summer. The Euros are on. It gets more and more difficult to find the time because it's not just recording, which ultimately is the easy part, but it's also researching and editing. And as you're bringing up the editing, if people want to know, we mainly use two different programs for the editing. And that is um, Adobe Audition and Audacity, which is free, which I am a huge fan of, especially because it's available on any platform you can imagine. Well, only Windows, Mac and Linux. So none of Android or iPad OS or anything like that. And uh, we also use some of the more creative tools which are out there, such as Photoshop, Critter, which is a free image processor and uh after effects i think to create after effects to make the little trailers then we record the little trailers we script them i don't know about you des but i didn't think it would be this much work going in i had a vague idea that there would be some of this sort of audio manipulation involved editing software etc if there is one advice i would like to give people is invest in a good microphone it makes a world of difference yeah don't assume that you can record this with your headphones or earphones that come with your phone a good mic which you can find fairly cheap makes a world of difference yeah. you're right another advice and i would say the the best advice that i can give and maybe we're really not in a position to give advice here because we're far from being experts is have fun we do this because we've been friends for a long time. And this is also just a way for us to connect and have a chat every week and check in on each other, which is great. And we're both enjoying this. So, And I think the episodes where we really had fun, I think you can tell which ones they are. I would agree. And I hope you guys do as well. The idea is to get you guys involved or feel as if you're part of the conversation and as Marco said at the very beginning, we can't meet each other in a pub right now because of what's going on in the world. But the idea is that you can listen to this and feel as if you're sat there with us. And I hope we've succeeded. Yeah. And I think we should uh, wrap it up because also I'm finished with my beer. How was it? Ah, well, it's the king of beers, Des. So I don't know, man. It's a Budweiser. It's just some random lager. Super average. You can have one or you can have a hundred and it's the same perfect for barbecue it needs to be super cold though i mean not impressed by it so i'm i'm gonna say two and a half out of six okay i mean i'll be honest it's a budweiser i wasn't expecting a super high score no i, I was however expecting more from my beer i am actually quite disappointed and i feel really bad because it, the brewery looks really cool like the people seem really nice i like the character around the beers this one is inspired by Irish mythology, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but apparently there is this character with an unpronounceable name which conceals their identity in the Irish fog. And because this is a hazy IPA, it's like put in the description. Okay. It is a very hazy IPA. I will give it that. The color looks nice. The haziness is aptly described. 
But the flavor, I think, is quite lacking. It feels a bit watery, and maybe it's just my palate, which isn't good enough. I might try another one of their beers. I think it's just this particular one, which doesn't match my taste buds. Maybe for a hazy IPA, it's not bad, but it doesn't particularly excite me, and I don't think it's particularly flavorful. So I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 6, which upsets me because I really, really wanted to like this beer. Wow. So I think overall, this is the lowest scoring episode in terms of beers, hopefully not in terms of content. But yeah, we wanted to take the opportunity to sort of look back and reflect on our first few months of having a podcast. Uh, We hope you all enjoy it. And we wanted to tell you about what our competition is doing. and which podcast we like the most again i hope you enjoyed this episode thank you so much for listening and see you next time see you next time guys what do you mean